and I set a, a bullseye pit, a halfway screen, and Rose stopped and screamed at me. He was like, yo, man, you cannot do that. If you set up a screen, the screen is going to be for you. You're going to get the point. You're going to get the basket, but you got to set a good screen, and I want it right here, precise, right here on this spot, and that's where I need it. And I was like, what the hell? I had never even <laughs> I had never even experienced anything like that, Mike. Before we, you know, look back on, on your time in Dallas though, I do like to learn a little bit more about um, a former Mavs history with the game. So, um, you know, I, I know you grew up in, in Virginia. Um, what, what initially got you interested playing basketball? Well, Mike, um, like you said, I grew up in a very small town here in, uh, in southwestern Virginia mm-hmm. and um, basically grew up on a farm. And, um, and growing up on a farm, you know, and out in that rural country like that, um really i wasn't even familiar with basketball didn't you know have no clue um you know we really didn't have any television um in the house to watch any games or anything and so um you know just growing up on the farm and raising tobacco and animals and things um i started to you know i guess you know 13 14 15 years old started to develop this height just out of nowhere and over the summers I was just growing you know two and three inches at the time and and so you know um it was about my um you know sophomore year in high school I guess I was about six four six five and that's when the coach came up to me and he was asking me that I want to play basketball and I was like you know sure um <laughs> I definitely want to get off the farm and yeah. And, and do something different and not work there every day and, and really didn't have the skills, Mike, really didn't have, you know, um, the fundamentals, um, you know, I was athletic, big, strong kid. And, you know, that's what my high school coach saw. And, um, you know, he talked it out with my parents and he told them that he would come and, and give me a ride back and forth from practice if I needed it. And, and that's how I got started, man. And and I started in my backyard, and and I built a um, a bicycle rim, and I um, nailed it to the tree and put a backboard up there. And that was my first court playing on dirt court, and that's where I started working out at uh, in preparation, trying to make the high school team. Wow, that's uh that's really interesting how that all all started for you. I know you said you grew up in a small town, so during your during your high school career, did you compete against any other future NBA players? No, not any future NBA players, but what happened in, um, in my junior year, it was a kid that was playing one of our rivalry schools. His name was Avi Lester, and he was a seven-footer that was being recruited by Jim Vivano and Dean Smith at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so... And both of them were coming to, you know, kind of see the matchup, but they was really coming and recruit him. And and that's when I got the opportunity to open up some eyes, and I had a pretty good game against him. And 
and that's when I, you know, started getting letters from all over the country, and and um, and that really, you know, opened the doors for me. Was that a factor in your eventual recruitment to Virginia Union? No, actually, it it wasn't, Mike. Um, actually, back then I was kind of prop proposition forty eight, and so um, actually I signed a letter of intent to go to University of Georgia coming out. Um, I was just loving Dominic and all and being there, and but Charles Oakley and one of my um, high school teammates, Jamie Waller, um, were at Virginia Union, and um, so I was borderline, you know, whether I was going to go in and and play Division One at Georgia, and and whether I was going to sit out, and 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 or whether I was going to just, you know played there and so at the time um you know i was deciding whether i was going to go and i had just saw charles oakley had went number nine in the draft mm -hmm. and and he was leave, leaving virginia union and i had saw what the coach had done with him and how he developed him and 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 like i said and i saw he went number nine in the draft first round so i was you know you know, saying to myself, I could follow his footsteps and, and just come into small school and be a big fish in a little pond and just follow his footsteps and 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 maybe, you know, have the same kind of outcome that he has. And, and that's how I got to Virginia Union, Mike. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I did not know that. Uh, you know, I always enjoy hearing, learning new things. So I didn't know that, uh, you know, Charles Oakley was so influential in, in, your, uh, in your basketball career. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, definitely like a big brother, man. When I was there in college, he came back every summer and just spent time with me and worked me out. And he introduced me to the weight room and he made sure I had a pillow when I went in there and spent the night in there. And because he, <laughs> yeah, man, because he knew what it was going to take for me to get to the next level in the NBA. You know, so excited that, you know, it was like, you know, I was his little brother and I would be coming there and and you know it was amazing mike because even when i got the training camp in miami um you know i was sitting in the locker room you know everybody asked you know which school you from and and um and so everybody going around billy thompson and he's from louisville and german douglas from syracuse and ronnie cyclist was syracuse and all these big schools right so mm -hmm. when they came to me i was like um Virginia Union kind of shy, you know what I mean, kind of, you know, embarrassed to be saying the small school, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I said it, the room got quiet. And so they were like, um, ain't that where Charles Oakley go? Went? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's where he went. They was like, man, y'all guys crazy. Y'all play physical up there, don't you? And at the time, Mike, I was kind of like a finesse player, you mm -hmm. know? And so it was like Charles kind of, you know, just retransformed me to come into the league and be this, you know, enforcer and this, you know, guy that want to hit people. And, you know, once they brought it to my attention in Miami, I just started playing this enforcer role. <laughs> well, uh, that sounds like that was a fortunate circumstance for you that, uh, that you were able to adapt your role and become a, become a, a rotation player for the heat for those, those first couple of years you were there. 
I'm guessing that was a, a good experience for you with guys like uh, I'm get, you mentioned Ryan Cycli, and I know uh, Glenn Rice was there too, right at the time. Yeah, Glenn was there. Yeah, yeah, those those are some of the early early Heat teams, some of the first few years that they were a, a team in in Miami. So I know you you spent your first two years in Miami, but then the summer of 1991 is when you signed your contract with the Mavs, and that's that's the obviously the period of your career I wanted to focus more on. Um, what what went into your decision to to, to sign Heat the Mavs? Oh man, that was a, another crazy ordeal. Um, Mike, and it was, you know, all God divine because, you know, that summer, the Heat, they didn't want to give me, you know, total guaranteed money. They was kind of like want to give me a partial deal. And so my agent was like, well, we're going to go overseas and, you know, get some guaranteed money because, you know, there's not really, you know, a lot of teams that, you know, um, really want to give you a contract and guarantee. So we was all set to go to Italy and uh, with this two-year deal. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And then out to Blue, yeah, I was reading Italian books and <laughs> all type of pasta and different breads and everything and preparing <laughs> to go over there. And then um, and then Norm Sanju and Mr. Carter calls out of nowhere. And, and they were like, um, no, we want him, and and we want to match the deal, and 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 that's how I got to Dallas. And I was just <laughs> floating out there in free agency, and like I said, about to head to Italy, just out of nowhere, Norm and and Mr. Carter called, man, and that was it. Absolutely, that's uh, that's pretty cool because um, I know once you got here, you know you had you put up some big numbers your your first two years as a Mav. One thing I wanted to ask you about is just what were some of your initial impressions about coming to the, the Mavericks organization? You know, they, it was the beginning of the nineties, which, you know, obviously was not a successful decade for the franchise, but they weren't too far removed yet from the days of, or actually the guys were still here, guys like Rolando, Derek Harper, Brad Davis. Um, you know, what, what were some of your initial impressions of, of those players and of the organization as a whole? Uh, the, the first impression was um, Norm Sanju and, and Mr. Carter and his wife and family. And what I recognized leaving Miami and coming to Dallas, it was a <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. it was a family faith based organization. You know what I mean? And and it was all about family with Mr. Carter and 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 they was very personal with us and the players and in relationship with us and it wasn't like you know it was these big time owners and we didn't know them and they just came to the games and 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 they were very personal and and Norm um, you know of course with my car accident you know I don't know if you want to talk about that but mm-hmm. he was so man instrumental and in, you know coming to the hospital with me every day and sharing the word it's amazing that you know, this NBA team was so, you know, family oriented. And I just felt the love and everything when I came in the building and, and around management. And, and, and like I said, they asked me a lot today, did I play on the Mark Cuban? And I said, no, nah, I didn't play on the Mark. I wouldn't know what that'd be like, but I can tell you, you know, the owners that I did play for, man, they were very caring and very loving. And then on the other side of it, Mike, when I got to Dallas, man, it was, Derek Hopper, Rolando Blackman, like you said, 
um, Brad Davis, Herb Williams, James Donaldson, Mark Gray. I'm talking about mm-hmm. all these veterans was on the team. You know what I mean? And and they were true pros. You know what I mean? And that's what I recognize. They were no tolerant, and 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 they were all about pulling young guys. And and Derek and Rose took me under their wing and hurt Williams. They, you know, they took me under their wing from day one. And and it was like, you know, I, I just want to school you on what this is going to take, what's going to take, you know, to stay here in longevity. And and I want to teach you about being a professional in this business. And I never forget my first practice. And I was telling Ro not too long ago, we just befriended on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, my first practice in Dallas, um, I was to set a pit on the play for Ro, right? And I set a a bull jive pit, a halfway screen, and Rose stopped and screamed at me. He was like, yo, man, you cannot do that. If you set up a screen, the screen is going to be for you. You're going to get the point. You're going to get the basket. But you got to set a good screen, and I want it right here, precise, right here on this spot. And that's where I need it. And I was like, what the hell? I had never even <laughs> I had never even experienced anything like that, Mike. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, you know, in Miami, we get right, just set the screen. I come off and I shoot it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but Rose, he was very in detail what he wanted, you know what I mean? And then I was like, when I set the screen and set a good screen, he catches, he was just feeding me, I was getting dunked. And so I got the theory of it right away. And and like I said, it was just the little things, man, of meeting these guys, man, and and just you know seeing the professionalism in them, and and like I said, me and Derek became you know best friends. I moved two houses up from him. Me and his family became family, and I mean, I just, I mean, the time I shared with them, I cherish today, man. We was like brothers. I mean. We had um, pregame meal every day with each other. Right after we left um, the arena, we would go get our little Chinese and chicken and rice or or uh, <laughs> something else we liked it too. But every single day, man, and that's how close we were and, and that's how tight we were and that's how tight the whole team and organization was. It's, it's not like what I see today, man. A lot of division and a lot of guys just on their own and doing their thing and you know, guys not helping each other and lifting guys up. And, you know, you don't have a lot of that mentorship that I got when I came to Dallas, Mike. I'm glad you had such a good experience here, um, you know, with, with teammates like that. Sounds like it was really um, beneficial for your career. And also the, the leadership in the organization sounded like they were really there for you. Um, you mentioned your, your car accident and, um, you know, I, I, I just I read how how supportive they were for you at that time, and I know it really changed your career just in terms of your how you were able to play. But it sounds like uh, Norm Sanju and uh, some of the uh, other Mavs, um, re- you know, really went all out and making sure you were you were taken care of and, and supported you during that time of your life. Oh uh, man, they, Mike, you know that's what I realized that you know it it was far beyond basketball with them, you know, because the night of the accident when I called Norm and I was explaining to him what was going on, um, he right off the bat, he was like, where are you? And he said, you know, look, I'm a, 
have a private jet there, man, first thing in the morning, and, uh, and I'm going to get you back here in Dallas, and we're going to take care of you. And I'm like, are you serious? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to be here in my hometown in the hospital, and, you know, Dallas is moving on, and they're going to come back and check on me. And, and I had just signed a new contract with the team over that summer before the accident. And when I met Norm um, last year at the All-Star game for his inter, um, um, honorary breakfast at the All-Star game, um, I said, Mr. Norm, man, I thank you for uh, what you did. Um, and I'm always grateful for what you did for me in that accident. And Mike, he said, you know, I um, am a manager and I'm my profession was a leader and it was my job and my duty to come up with a strategic plan to get you and take care of you and Mike I could have cried right there because you know I just felt the love from him from his wife from his family and like I said the whole time he came to the hospital you know, 22 days straight and just read the word with me and prayed over me and just let me know everything is going to be okay. I don't want you to worry about your contract. That's guaranteed. You're going to have that. And we just want you to always be a part of this family. That's incredible. Um, just such a loyal owner. That's, that, that's really nice. Or not um, general manager. It's just, it's really nice to hear that, you know, you had the, the franchise's support as such a uh, a difficult part of, of your life. A few other questions I wanted to, to talk to you about, about, about your Mavs stay here. So you were here for five years, and in those five years, you played for four different coaches, <laughs> which was, it was just a, a crazy uh, revolving door of coaches. You had Richie Adubato, Quinn Buckner, Gar Hurd, and Dick Mata. Which one of those coaches would you say enjoyed playing for or maybe – uh, maybe didn't enjoy playing for, or, or the or pros and cons. See, just any memorable experiences you had with that, uh, uh, with that amount amount of coaches in such a short period of time. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Um, couldn't stand Quinn Buckner. Um, he just came with all the crazy college stuff, and you know, so demanding. He just he wasn't prepared for the NBA. And I remember Jim Jackson and all us. We had a good situation, man, but it was just horrible. All those stupid practices he was trying to <laughs> run and stuff. And you know what I mean? Like we were in college or something, man. Mm-hmm. But got hurt, man. And uh, Richie Ababato, I, I, I do, you know what I'm saying? Um, especially guard. Um, it was so fun to play for him, to play on the former player. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he kind of knew, you know what I mean, what it takes, you know what I mean, when you used to practice, you know, when the guys used to lay off of them, you know what I mean? And it was just fun playing for a former player. And not only, you know, it was like playing for a coach, but it was almost like playing with a teammate on the sideline because, you know, the relationship you had with them and, you know, he'll come in there and try to put his little old game on the floor and show you how he used to have it. And 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 we had a lot of respect for who he was and, and what he did in the league. You know, I know I did. And so, you know, I was just very honored and privileged to play um, under guard and for guard. And um, I think Brad was on the, on the coaching staff with him too um, after that. Um, but 
um, it was just, even though um, it was a losing situation, it was fun. It was a fun year. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We had a lot of, we had a lot of fun, you know what I mean? Because guard, he made it fun, you know what I mean? And and he just let us know, man. You know, we was pros. We knew we didn't have to take in a lot of areas to win. And so, but he made the best of the situation, man. And I always respect him for it. He wasn't like, you know, he was trying to overwork us and knew we weren't going nowhere. And, and he just made it fun, man, and travel everywhere, you know what I mean? He treated us like professionals and, and I always – you know, respect him, and, and I love Gart, man. He's, he's a great guy and a great coach also. He was. That's that's good to hear. Um, I, di- I did an episode with a former teammate of yours, Randy White, and he also, you know, shared some similar feelings about Gar Hurd and how he uh, really enjoyed that experiment or that experience of, of playing for him as well. I do have uh, another few questions about, about some teammates of yours. And um, one, you know, everyone knows that, Roy Tarpley had a lot of success with the Mavericks in the in the late 80s but then in the early 90s he he encountered some substance abuse problems and got suspended and I always have to remind myself that he came back and played with the Mavs in, in the 94-95 season which you were a part of what was he like at that time I know he was still a productive player put up some decent numbers but you know what was that experience like about uh, just playing with Roy Tarpley just- Oh my god um, my the most talented, gifted, big guy that I ever played with or played against. I mean, he he is that prototype of four that could have played in today's game, mm-hmm. you know, w- which I couldn't have because, you know, he could stretch the floor, he could shoot the three, he could take you off the dribble, you know, he just had a soft touch, he hit his free throws. And he was just so gifted, man. And and me and Roy became very tight off the court. Um and, and because, you know, he had that dog in him and I had that dog in me. And 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 we knew that when we went up against each other in practice every day, but even before that we just had high respect for each other. But um man, it, you know, it 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 hurt me Roy is gone because, you know, he just such he was such a great guy, Mike. I mean just no better teammate to be around. I mean, even when he was dealing with the substance abuse, he wasn't trying to put it on nobody. He wasn't, you know, trying to, you know, embarrass the team. It was just something he was dealing with inside with that demon. But even though that, man, you know, I dealt with a lot of guys and they had those situations. They were just, you know, straight, you know, guys that you didn't want to be around and, and and he didn't want to spend time with Bavoy, man. He was just such a comedian, man. He was just, you know, such a fun guy to be. He was just such a giving guy. You know, anything he had, he always wanted to take you out and buy you stuff and buy lunch and 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 just a fun guy, man. But you know, my when you say Roy Tarpley, man, I just uh, honestly, I just I wish people could have just seen his talent, man. I mean. Mike, I mean, I've I've seen big guys play. I've I've played against a lot of them, but, you know, and I saw Roy before the abuse, and I knew he was. Even with the abuse, uh, he came back. He was just going there and give him 25 and 20 like it ain't nothing. You know what I mean? Right. And and that's the type of talent he had. I mean, just on cruise control, uh, Mike, I couldn't even imagine, you know what I'm saying, you know, if he was, you know what I mean, you know, 
didn't have all that, you know, over his head. And and like I said, man, he just, you know, he was like a brother to me, one of those guys, once again, that pulled me in, man. We'd go out to his house, you know what I mean? And, and, and hang out with the man and spend time with his family, man. And, and I love Roy, man. And, 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 and like I said, it just, it hurt me. I lost a brother like that because, you know, I spent so much time with him off the court and even doing his, you know, abuse, you know, I was there, you know, to try to help a man as much as I could. And, and, um, and like I said, man, I just, you know, I have high respect for Roy and, and he was just one of the most talented, gifted guys, Mike, that, and I'm not just saying it because mm-hmm. I was American. I played it with him, but I played against a lot of guys in the league. And, you know, they asked me all the time, but a lot of people didn't see Roy Tarpley fully. And, but if you had to go against him every day in practice, you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> because he just done some things with the basketball, man. You just, you had to sit back and you like, did you just do that at seven feet? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we talking about, you know what I mean? 20 years ago, Mike, we're not talking about today's game. He was doing that. You know what I mean? With big guys just run down, post up and you know what I mean? And get it and make their move. And but Roy was coming down at the three point line and, he might, you know, jab stuff and just shoot the three. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. He's just so, so skilled, man. Yeah. Thank you. Well, first of all, I'm sorry, sorry for your your loss of of your friend, and uh, thank you for sharing some memories of him. Earlier, I alluded to a, a trio of teammates that you had with with uh, Brad Davis, Derek Harper, Rolando Blackman, but you were also there for another trio of teammates um, that are famous in Mavericks history. The, the three J's you, you had to play with Jason, Jamal and Jimmy um, all when, when they were all very young, starting their careers in Dallas, you know, what, what are some of your, your memories of and impressions of, of playing w- with those guys, um, you know, before they all went their separate ways? Man, that was crazy. Uh, Mike, because I became the Derek Harpers and the Rolando Black yeah. when they came in, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, so, so I was kind of the veteran when these young guys came in. And when we got that young trio, man, it was like, I mean, I've seen talent, but just starting with Jason Kidd, I've never seen or played with nothing like it in my life, Mike. <laughs> um, one thing I recognize, you better keep your eyes on him all the time on the floor because, it, I mean, we talking about no-look pass, yeah, hit you right in the face, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I got hit a couple of times in the face until I learned, you know, <laughs> that he don't have to be looking at you to pass the ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I just he, – he is the most gifted, talented, porn guard that I ever played with in my life. I mean, this kid is just—he was amazing, man. Just, I was just amazed. Just, I just love just to sit on the bench and watch him, man. I mean, to see a kid go full speed and just switch it in his left hand and dunk it at the point guard—you know what I mean? I mean, just and just once again off the court, man. Just great guy. I saw him at All Star Weekend, man. He ran up to me like he was my little son. You know what I mean? Gave me a hug, man. And. And, and just great guy, man. And Jim, same thing. Just this big, strong, power, God forward, power forward. I don't know what he was, you know what I mean? And just powering people, just bullying people. And 
and just, you know, just once again, just so skilled and gifted. And then when we get the monster mash, I mean, six eight, I ain't never seen nobody uh Mike with a crossover at that size. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to this day in practice, man, I mean, some of the things I was seeing, I was like, is this Tim Hardaway or is this, you know what I mean, Jamal Mansburn? Because <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, he he I, I just always remember his crossover and it was just so proficient and, and, and when he just took big guys and he came down and he just bam bam and he just got around them and and he can either pull up with his little short jump or he was so strong and big and powerful. He can get all the way to the basket and finish and and but even to this day, um Mike, all of them a great bunch of guys, man, all of them true friends of the day. I see him, you know, here and there, man, and we mm-hmm. just laugh and you know, and they 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 make me you know, feel some type of way, man, because, you know, they come and say, thank you, vet, and thank you, you know, for looking out for the young guy. And I'm like, damn, I didn't even know I was doing that for you, you know what I mean? And, and but when I reflect back on it, like I said, man, what Derek Harper and Orlando passed down to me, what the organization was about and, and what it represented, I passed it down. I was trying to pass it down to them, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just let them know. You know, respect this organization, man. It's a true organization. It's family oriented, and and um and they love you here, and 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 they'll take care of you here, and 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 all of them will tell you, man. They love the Mavericks. Everybody that I ever played with played for the Mavericks. Love the Mavericks organization. I love Dallas, Texas. I just, you know, loved everything about the fans there. They were some of the most awesome fans, even. When we was losing, they were still coming, you know what I mean? And and uh, even when I got out in the city and in the community, man, just, you know, I love those Texans out there, man. They're just some great people. They love to eat like hell. They love to party, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they just, they fun people, man. And I, and I love it. And, man, I just, uh, it was a time in my life, Mike. And, and Dallas, you know, is my favorite team, my favorite city. Um, if I watch basketball, I don't watch nothing but the Dallas Mavericks. I don't mm-hmm. like watching the NBA, but it's something about when the Mavericks come on. They're just in my blood. It's just I'm always rooting for them. I'm just, you know what I'm saying, when they won the championship and the whiskey and them, I was just, you know, excited like a kid in the candy shop. You know what I mean? Just to yeah. see the city and see the town, get that ring and 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 they fought so hard to get it and, and the city, you know, just so, you know, um, deserving to be able to get it from all the great players they had and, you know, all the great teams that they had to battle and to see Mr. Carter get it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it it really, really made me feel good to see him, you know, go out on that floor before he passed, you know, and mm-hmm. and and get that championship. So it's 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 just in my blood, Mike. It's just you know, Dallas. They raised me, man. I was a young kid coming there, man, and the city just wrapped arms around me, man, and and they grew me up, man. They took care of me, you know, and and I just credit so much to that team and the city, man, and the organization and. And like I said, they they gave me my start, man, when the Heat, you know what I mean, didn't. And they trusted and believed in me. And, and I'm forever grateful for them, man. 
Well, that is really nice to hear. Uh, I'm, I'm very glad that you enjoyed your experience here so much. And um, I, I wish I'd had the privilege of, uh, of watching you play um, more of your time here. Like I said, I kind of caught you at the tail end of your, your, your time with the Mavs. That was right around the time I, you know, started really following the game. So um, I feel like I missed out just on, based on our conversation tonight and some of the research I've done with some of the numbers you put up during your time as a Mav, but uh, I'm really glad you enjoyed your, your time here. Um, I do have uh, one last question for you, if you have a couple more minutes. No, right, go ahead, man. I'm okay. cool, Mike, whatever you got. Sounds good. So what I'm look, looking at right now is the, the roster for the, the 91-92 Dallas Mavericks, your first year with the team. There are 17 names on it, several of which we've already mentioned um, over the course of our conversation tonight. But there's, there's 17 names from your first year in Dallas. I wanted to see how many of them you could name. Um, from my first year in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like I said, I, I, I go from Derek and Roe, Kashua. Yeah. Um, yeah. James Donaldson. Herb, Herb Williams. You say my first year, though, right? Your first year. And some of these guys may – one of them was actually only with the Mavs for one game. but uh, And then some of them may have been their part of the season or, or all the season, but they all played a game your first season in Dallas. Right. So, like I said, Brad Davis. Let me see, Brad Davis. Let me see who the big guys were. Uh, it might be the first or second. It might have been the second. Uh Tony Campbell, he might have came in the second year. Though. Yeah, he but might the have first been there. Year, the second year, yeah. yeah, he's not yeah, on yeah. this list. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the first year, going back once again, I know it was Derek, Rowe, James, uh, Herb Williams might have been there the first and second year. Yeah, he year. was there. It was Donald Haas there. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah, Donald Haas. Uh, Doug Smith. Yes. Came in my- uh, Doug Smith was there the first yes, year? Yes, he was. Doug Smith, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, was, uh, he might have been the this... second year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Greg Drulin? No, yeah. he might have been there a different year. Um, I, know, I know we're going way back, uh, almost 30 years now, so I'm happy to, uh, to name the ones if you're uh, – you need some help or I'll give you some more time if you want to guess. I just, I always like doing this and uh, seeing how many uh, teammates a, a former math can remember. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Like I said, uh, man, that's crazy because I had so many damn teammates. In Dallas, I know, but yeah. like I said, uh, uh, Rodney McCray was there. Yes, he was. Right? Yes, that's one. So it looks like you got yeah. eight more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rodney was there. Um, you know, my first year I got to Dallas because, like I said, it was a lot of uh, more veteran guys there. Um, uh, man, whatever white boys is on the team, I said all black guys. <laughs> yeah, you got, got a couple here, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know it was, uh, God, they, they write in my uh. Uh, because they was cool with me. That's it. I can't think of no more. Uh, All right. Uh, so we got uh, Tom Garrick, who was only there for a little while. Um, no. Brian Howard. Yeah, definitely Brian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Isolino. 
definitely my I thought about that. Yeah, Fat Lever. Oh, how did I miss Fat? Yeah. yeah. Tracy Moore. Definitely Tracy. She was uh, there. Brian Quinette. Yeah, Brian. And, stay long. and then another big guy, Randy White. Oh, yeah. How the hell I forget yeah. Randy, yeah. And then uh, a, a, a one player from Brazil that was only there for one game, Jao Vi- or Joao Viana. No, I don't remember him too much. Yeah, just there for one game. <laughs> okay. One thing I meant to ask that I forgot. Um, what are what are you doing now? I know you you know played in the NBA till till two thousand and one. So you know what's occupied your time over the last twenty years uh, on Facebook. Looks like you got a handful of grandkids you've been spending some time with. So that's always nice. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Uh, yeah, after I retired and left Dallas, I came back to. Um, well, I messed up. Dallas. I left Denver in two thousand one. Um, I came back to my album mod at Virginia Union. Mm-hmm. And I coached there uh, for about five or six years and finished my degree and actually um, got them back on the national level. We won back-to-back conference championships and a national championship in my um, five or six years coaching there. And um, then I was just doing a lot of things, um, you know, for myself and just uh, business. But um do a lot of things with the youth here, you know, um, Ben Wallace, um, he also, um, comes back in the area. He has a Mm -hmm. gym here. And, um, and so just spend a lot of time, you know, I'd be bouncing around gym to gym and, and just working with kids and even in my church and, and, um, and like I said, you know, with my son, uh, Mike, uh, you know, he's he's had me busy after retirement, doing a lot of stuff with him and for mm-hmm. him and trying to keep him prepared and focused and in the league and and yeah. setting himself up setting himself up for life and and so that's been, you know, an, another thing. He had me busy doing a lot of things with him and for him and and um, and then him and my daughter got the grandkids, man. I just now in the last couple of years I just really wanted to take the time out with them man, and spend time with them and close to my church and, and doing a lot of stuff in my church. And, and cause I did everything I can possibly do, Mike. So it's just all about family and, 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 and serving in the church for me now, man. That's really good to hear. Um, one question about, about your son, did, did you, uh, were you able to join him in the bubble last year in, uh, in Florida? Uh, hell no. No, <laughs> I didn't know. If, the uh, bubble. I was, oh, he didn't go to the bubble? No, no, I said, I won't go on. Son, uh, no, son. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I ain't going to jail. I didn't see enough basketball. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. My guy, you know, I guess if I didn't play, you know, if I wasn't a part of it, I would, you know, probably been a little more excited to, you know, be a down. And like people always ask, do you go to all these games? So, what the hell do I want to go to an NBA basketball game for? You know what I mean? <laughs> it is, it's only because to see my son. I don't even want to see him play no more. I just want to see him after the game and hang out and sit down with him for dinner and everything. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't care less about no damn basketball. I didn't see enough games. You know what I mean? Play yeah. enough. That's the last thing I want to see. And, you know, and honestly, I just get out there and a lot of times I stay at the house with the grandkids and he'll go to the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and <laughs> because I really want to spend the time with him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, he know I didn't see him play and we didn't see <laughs> enough NBA games and been in the arenas, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's uh, no, that, that that's good to hear. I'm glad you're enjoying um, so much time with your family. Well, um, you know, thanks a, a lot, Terry. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, once this is uh, online, I'll send you a link to it. Um, and I, I just wanted to say thank you. And, and I hope uh, you and your family are, you know, able to, to stay safe, you know, during everything that's been going on for the past year. But uh I'm I'm glad to hear that y'all are doing well and I hope you continue to stay safe. So thank you so much. Okay, Mike. Be blessed and be safe, man. All right. You too. Have a good night. All right, buddy.